0: Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you joined us. Uh, Pastor Goss is not here today, so you're stuck with me, Pastor Goss. So today we're going to spend a little bit of time in story time. So I got my, my chair here. This is a chair that I've had since I was in college. It's one of those chairs that my wife wants to throw away, but I like it because it's comfortable. Does anybody, anybody else have one of those? I've had, yeah, so this is, this is an old chair. It's been around with us for a long time. So today, we you get to enjoy story time with Pastor Nate for just a little bit now, okay? So we're going to tell a story that is familiar to most of you who have been in church for a long time, but perhaps there's some people here who haven't and you've never heard this story before. So we're going to have to cover a little bit of ground so that everybody's on the same page, okay? So if you've heard this story before, you can remember it. And if you, just be patient as we deal with some of the people and let, keep everybody up to speed, okay? So there is, we're going to talk about the nation of Israel. Um, the nation of Israel was promised by God, started with this guy named Abraham. Yeah, right there, that's... Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, So it started with this guy named Abraham. God made a promise with him to make him into a great nation and promised to bring him to this land. Um, And this land was not just any land. It was a land that would be flowing with, does anybody know what that is? Flowing with milk and honey, right? Because when you think of the best land that you want, what you want is like rivers of milk, just, okay, probably not. But at this time, um, it was an agricultural society. So because of that, rich wealth, what is good, would actually be a place that has that your cattle can produce milk. So the cattle has enough food to eat Um, and you, you know, you'd go out and you don't get milk from Target or from Publix or Walmart, wherever you get your milk from. Uh, We don't milk Walmart. We don't milk uh, Publix. Um, Instead, uh, they would go and they didn't have refrigeration systems like we do today. So they would go actually out to a cow or to a goat or whatever else you can milk. I don't know. I'm not a farmer. So you would go out to that thing and you actually milk it to get your milk. That's what you did. It lasted that day and you would drink it that day. So when a land is flowing with milk, what they're saying is that it's a place that your cattle can graze and they can grow and you actually can have great wealth because the land itself is healthy. And when it's a land flowing with honey, honey was one of the things that rich people got that they would have. It was like we don't have like we have lots of sugar everywhere. You know, like you have your pink packets and your yellow packets and your white packets and you put those on stuff. Um, They didn't have that so they would add honey as a spice To lots of the things that they would have So this land what he's saying is it's a land that's going to be wealthy It's going to be good for you. It's going to bless you It's going to be a land that has lots of great things So god promised to bring these people to a land flowing with milk and honey To a land where they would have their own nation Um, And then what happens next is they have a couple generations uh, of people go by And then they get enslaved in egypt Right? And they get stuck in this land of Egypt for about 300 years. They're stuck in this land of Egypt as slaves as they grow in population. Slaves. Now, if you're thinking, hey, the place I I have for you in the future is going to be this place where you get to be a slave. You guys in? No, right. So then God talks to this guy named Moses. Maybe some of, you, some of you have seen him. He looks a lot like Charlton Heston. I don't know. Um, so he, Moses, he shows up in a burning bush to Moses, and he, as he show, Mo, shows up to Moses, he says, Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh, and I want you to tell him to let my people go, right? So he goes, and Moses eventually agrees to this and says, I'm going to go, and I'm going to tell Mo, Pharaoh to let my people go, and eventually, through a series of plagues and things that happen... Um, Pharaoh agrees to let his people go. And the Israelites escape from Egypt. They're sent off with all the goods of Egypt. And as they're walking away, Pharaoh changes mind, begins chasing them. They cross over through this miracle. The Red Sea splits apart. All the nation of Israel walks through it. The uh, uh, Egyptians who were chasing them. The sea closes in on them. And the Israelites are rejoicing because they just got set free from slavery. Cool thing, right? Then they walk over to this mountain And not a lot of people know this, but actually God shows up and starts talking directly to the people of Israel and they freak out and they they like stop talking to us. We don't wanna hear you anymore. It's too scary. We don't want that. Just talk to Moses. We'll listen to him, but you stop talking to us because we're gonna die. Uh, That was their response to him. So he says, okay, they get this 10 commandments and then they begin to make their way towards what they refer to as the promised land, right? And as they're making their way over to the promised land, and who doesn't want to go to the promised land, right? Everybody wants to go to the promised land. That's the place where you want to go. And this is supposed to be a land flowing with milk and honey. And they get to this river and they get to this place and they say, you know what? I I think this is the land that God wants for us. What we need to do is we need to send out 12 spies and they're going to go into the land. And these 12 spies are going to go in there and they're going to tell us whether or not it actually is the land that we expect it to be. We want to make sure that this land is exactly what we want. And we also need to make a plan. So we've got to figure out, are the people there, are they strong or are they weak? Now, if you're going to take over a land, what kind of people you want? You want weak people, right? You guys are so mean. Why would you, you just want to overpower? You like taking candy from babies. So that's not cool. So <clears throat> if you're going to take it over a nation, you want to you have a weaker people there. They want to know whether or not their towns are fortified, whether they got big walls or small walls, or they're just kind of hanging out, not expecting any threats at all. So they're going to investigate this land, and it's a large land. So they send a group of 12 people in there, and they give them 40 days to go in and explore the land. So when they come back, they get back and they show them all the stuff that they they found. And they go and they bring back some figs and some pomegranates. And they also have the thing that most people remember about this story is they have a giant cluster of grapes so big that one of these guys couldn't carry. Now these dudes, again, they're not, they're not like our, our, our people who sit at desks and work all day. They're people who have been raised outside. They've just been wandering around in the desert, getting to this place for about a year. They've been slaves, so they've been driven. So these guys are like strong dudes and it took two of them to carry this giant cluster of grapes all the way over to where, to the, back to the people. So what they say is this is absolutely a land flowing with milk and honey. In fact, I, I've got the report for you um, over on the TV. That's too much work to get over there. So we'll see if we can pull out the remote here and just pull it and see if we can, yeah. <clears throat> Let's see what we can get. Uh, hmm. There we go. Okay, cool. <clears throat> so this was the report that Moses... They said to Moses, these are the spies who went in as they uh, explored the land. This is what they said. We entered the land you sent us to explore and it is indeed a bountiful country. Bountiful country. Flowing with milk and honey. And here is the kind of fruit it produces. And they pull out the cluster of grapes and the pomegranates and the figs. And they're like, yeah, this has got some awesome stuff. It's a land that is flowing with milk and honey. It's exactly like God promised it would be. However, there's a problem. There's a problem with this land. And you know, they've got that report. But however, the people that are living there, as we went and explored the land, it is a land flowing of milk and honey. But the people that are living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there. Giants not the, not the not the little weak ones that we were expecting to be there Not the guys that we could just push over and said there's giants and we don't know if they're descendants of Enoch. These guys are huge. Um, and I guess they were scared of Enoch because they're afraid of his descendants I'm, not exactly certain but I guess they must have been afraid now before we go much further in this story There's something I want you to know I need you to understand this Often when we read stories, who do you want to be in the story? You wanna be the hero, that's exactly right. You wanna be the hero of the story, the one who gets everything right. You wanna be the one, like when you watch Star Wars, you wanna be Luke Skywalker or Rey or whatever it is, whichever generation, you wanna be the one who like wins, right? Nobody is like, hey, I wanna be that that side guy who just, you know, was in one scene and then you never see him again. That's the one I wanna be, right? Nobody wants to be the villain. Nobody wants to be the one who, like the fool. Nobody wants to be those people inside of the story. In this story, I just want you to know that throughout Scripture, we are often one of the people in the story. And in this story, we are the Israelites. Okay? So you and I, we are the Israelites. We are the people who respond. We are the people who, who, who we're about to see how they respond to this thing. They know they're about to go into the place They know that they're right next to going into the land of milk and honey. They know that God has promised this to them. They've been expecting this for 300 years. They've been waiting for this since the moment that they got out of Egypt. They've been working towards, it took them about one one to two years, depending on which time on you want to go with, um, to get over to this land where they're ready to go in there. They're waiting to go into this place. This is what they've been expecting. This is the change that they wanted to see. This is going from slavery to having your own country. The dream, right? And we are... The Israelites live in the dream, all right? So this is what happens next. Then the whole community, all of the Israelites, the whole community, all of them being the heroes that they are began weeping aloud and they cried all night long. Most, that, I hope that didn't explain you last night But in this story, you are the Israelites, okay Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest Against Moses and Aaron <sighs> If only we had died in Egypt Or even here in the wilderness They complained Why is the Lord taking to this, to us to this country Only to die in battle? They seem really optimistic, don't they? They're just excited about what's gonna happen there. I mean, what they're actually asking for is just to die. Oh, if only we had died before because we're definitely gonna die in the future, right? Um, What happened here? What is going on with this? And I think sometimes what happens often, I don't know if you've noticed this, but your expectations determine a lot of what's going to happen in the future. Your, Your expectations determine your reaction to something when it happens. Have you ever noticed that? Um, Not too long ago, I was on vacation with my kids and one of the things I noticed with them is that um, their expectations, when things don't go like they expect, they respond interestingly, don't they? If you've ever been anywhere with kids and it's like, I expected this and it didn't happen, usually there's some, there's something that's going to happen, either pouting or crying or like, no, like some sort of wailing. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but something's going to happen if you've got kids and they're going to respond when things don't go like they expect. So we went on vacation with our kids and we asked them to go get ready to go swimming Because we were going to a a pool. But what we asked them is, go get your swimsuits on. And because what we're going to do is we're going to go eat and then we're going to swim. So go ahead and go get your swimsuits on. We're going to go to dinner and then we'll go swimming. Um, So we go to the restaurant and we get there. And literally at the restaurant, you sit down. You can see the pool from the restaurant. It is like one of those outdoor things. You know, you like sit outside at the restaurant and the pool's right through a fence on the other side. So we were there sitting there. And when we sit down to eat, one of our kids starts crying. And you're like, What's, what's going on, buddy? What, what, why, why are we upset here? What's, what's, what's happening? I thought we were going to go swimming. I thought we were going to go swimming, but we're not swimming. Um, um, yeah, we're going to go swimming, but first we've got to eat. It's like 6.30, and I mean, that's like an hour and a half after you're supposed to eat dinner or something, right? So we're, we want to eat before you go swimming, but we're just going to eat, and then we're going to, it's right there. We're gonna, we'll be there afterwards. But they didn't, he didn't expect it to happen that way. He was expecting to go, I'm in my swimsuit. I gotta go swim in. And often, we react poorly when things don't go like we expect, right? I think that's one of the biggest things that plays into what happened with the Israelites here. You see, they were expecting something different than what happened. They were expecting it just to be, you know nice and easy. You know, you just kind of, they were expecting, you know, God, you told us you're going to bring us to this land of milk and honey. And since you're going to bring us to this land of milk and honey, God, we're just going to sit back and relax while you take us to this land of milk and honey, right? It's going to get comfortable in my chair. God, how come we're not there yet, God? Come on, are we there yet, God. Take us to the land of milk and honey. And they expected everything just to be easy. And I think this is one of the things that often gets us into trouble is we expect things to be much easier than it actually is. And that is one of our biggest struggles is we expect easy. And when it doesn't happen like we expect it, we get into trouble, don't we? Don't we get into trouble when we expect it to be much easier than it actually is? Don't we get how many how many times have we felt like God? You know I have this problem. You know I, I, I you told me that I'm going to have a great life, so God, I just expect you to show up and give me this great life. I, I you know you said that you said that you're going to provide all my needs, so go ahead and take care of them. Isn't that sometimes what we expect? Isn't that sometimes how we behave? Like, God, you said that you're going to provide everything that I need, so I have no worries, so God, just take care of it, and I'll sit back and relax. They expected it to be easy, and so when it wasn't, they responded poorly. In fact, the way that they responded, if you listen to those last words, they said, why didn't we just die? Why didn't we die before? Because in the future, we're definitely going to die. I mean, if we're going to have to go in and battle these giants, we look like grasshoppers to them. We might as well have just died in battle. I mean, we might as well have just died in the desert because we're going to die then. So, in fact, this, they're, they're tough guys, so they don't want to say, like, they're really afraid of dying in battle, right? I'm not really afraid of dying in battle, but for the children. Listen, for, for the children. God, don't you care about the children? For the children. Because if we go into battle, we may die in battle. But that's okay. We're tough. We can take that. However, our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. They're going to be taken away. And oh, the children. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? They said, you know, what happened here? What's going on? One of the things that I, I, I think what they have, what really in their minds, their fears were bigger than the reality. In fact, their fears were so big that that it wasn't just it wasn't just that they were afraid of them. Their fears were so big that it was the reality. Their fears got so big that there was not something that was like, "Hey, you know we could die. We might die if we go into this battle. We might have a you know, if we go and we fight these guys, there's a chance that we could die." No, 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 no. That was not the case. What did they say? We're going to die. It's going to happen. And our children are going to be carried off. Their fears got so big. Their fears were bigger than anything else. And they were so afraid that their fears became the reality. It became the only option was that we're going to die. Our children are going to be gone. There's nothing else. We might as well have gone back to Egypt and stayed as slaves. And then their responses, they plot against among themselves. Let's choose a new leader. You know, this Moses isn't doing so good. He may have brought us across the Red Sea. He may have brought us all the way to the land that God promised. But that looks like it's going to be hard, and those guys are going to kill us. So let's just go back. Let's go back to the place that we were. That's too much change. I don't want to deal with that. That's too difficult. It's too hard. Let's not, let's choose a new leader and just go back to the way things were. Let's go back to being slaves. Let's go back to Egypt because I can't see a way. I can't see a way that we can make this work. And this is the problem. They trusted themselves to provide the way. They trusted themselves to provide the way. We're going to come back to this story in this point in just a little bit, but they, when they looked at this, they couldn't see any other option because they were trusting in the only plan they knew how to make. How do you fight a war against an opponent who's bigger than you, who's more equipped than you, who's better than you? There's no way to win, and they were right. But a little bit future, further along in this story, what happens is God gets upset with the people for responding like this. In fact, he he calls them rebellious. He says that they are rebelling against God for the way that they did this. Because he brought them to the land flowing with milk and honey, just like he said. And instead of them doing what he wanted, they just decided that they're gonna go back to Egypt. So God says, you know what? Those, there were 12 spies that they sent in. 10 of them gave a bad report. And those 10, he says, he goes ahead and he gives them a disease that's gonna kill them. And then for the rest of the nation of Israel, he says, look, you said you're gonna die. And you wanted to go back into the desert to die, so congratulations, I'll give you your wish." You will get to go into the desert and wander around for 40 years and then you're gonna die. And all of you who rebelled against me and decided that you weren't gonna do what I asked you to do, you can wander around in the desert for 40 years until you you die off and you will get exactly what you said would happen because that's what you believed would happen. But your kids, who you were afraid for, they're gonna be the ones who actually go and get to go into the promised land just like I promised. And they will be the ones who inherit because you didn't trust me. So what do these people do? The next day, They get up. And after God said, look, what I need you to do, what I really need you to do, I need you to turn around and I need you to go back into the wilderness because you are not going to. You are not going to be a person. You are not gonna go into this land. Instead, you are gonna go in a completely different way. I want you to go ahead and I'm I'm gonna ask you to go away from where you are you're going to go and wander back in the wilderness. In fact, I'm not just asking you. I'm going to command you. You are required to do not go into the land of, of milk and honey. Do not go into the land that I was going to give you. But instead, I'm going to require that you choose instead to go and wander back out into the desert. I want you just to go and wander around in the desert again. And I want you to go and, and see, wander around there. But they chose instead to do something completely different. So, what they did, Oh, uh, lost that guy there, hang on. So these people, what they had to do is they actually go and they got up early the next morning and early the next morning when they rise, they're sitting there and they went to the top of the range of the hills and they said, you know what, let's go out. We realize what we've done is wrong. We realize that we've sinned against God. We realize that what we did was wrong. So, what we need to do is we need to go and we need to go into the land that God had promised us. Moses is like, Dudes, seriously, what what are you doing? God told you today to go away and go back into the wilderness. But you're saying instead, what I want to do now is I want to go back and go fight the battle that God told me not to do. So Moses is like, why are you now disobeying what God asked you to do? He told you to do one thing and you wouldn't do it. Now he tells you to do something different, what you asked for the first time, and you won't do that either. Why are you doing this? The Lord's ordered you to return to the wilderness. So if you go out and fight this battle, it's not going to work. Why? Why is it not going to work? Do not go into the land now for you will only be crushed by your enemies because here's the key term, God is not with you. God is not with you. And this is the thing they didn't understand. When they were trying to do it their own way, when they were expecting it to be easy, when they were looking at all their fears, when they were afraid of what might happen, when they were trusting in themselves to provide the answer, God was not with them. They were alone. And this was their struggle. They were alone. They were at a point where they couldn't do this. And they're right. They couldn't go into the land and do it on their own. Because they weren't supposed to ever do it alone. They were never supposed to have to provide everything for themselves. They were not supposed to be independent people who work independently from everyone else and who are self-made to the point where everything has to come from me alone. They were not supposed to be a people like that. They were supposed to be a people who follow God. So, but however, now most of you right now don't want to be the Israelites, right? You're like, no, that's not me. I don't want to be those Israelites. I don't want to be those people who mess up. That's not me. I'm not those Israelites. I'm the hero. Come on, get back to the hero. I want to be the hero in the story. So there were a few Israelites who behaved differently. So back to the point where they are giving this report, as soon as these people give this report, and they they tell everybody about this when they give that report, um, they're saying they want to die. The response of Moses and Aaron and two other guys, Joshua and Caleb, these were the guys, two of the spies who went into the land who thought differently than everyone else. So Moses falls on his face and Aaron together. They fall down their face. Joshua and Caleb, they tear their clothes, which is a sign of like mourning and like, like I'm upset with what's happening right now. They tear their clothing in, in front of all the people of Israel. And they're saying, look, the land we traveled through is a land of milk and honey. And this is one of the big difference. Do you see them talking about how they're going to die? You see, they, they didn't expect it to just be easy. They didn't expect it to just be something like, you know what, oh, it's so difficult. Do you see all these people out here? They didn't expect it. They saw that the land was the land that God promised. So because they didn't expect it to be easy, they weren't shocked when things didn't go easy, Right? And often what happens is we expect easy and we get upset, but these two guys, these four guys, they knew something different. They knew that it wasn't supposed to or not even gonna be easy, and that was quite all right with them. They expected something different. So what did they expect? Actually, what they expected is very interesting. Uh, What they expected is trials, they expected there to be trials. they expected some, some method for things to be difficult, for things not to be easy. It, I don't expect it to be easy. It's going to be trials. Now, I think often we get into trouble as Christians, and especially if you've been promised. Sometimes uh, it's our fault as preachers. We've promised that if you just follow Christ, everything in your life will be perfect, and if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you've recognized, hey, I still got lots of problems. A lot of them are with me. And then sometimes there's lots of circumstances and situations that I get into. And those cause me issues. And I think sometimes we expect it to be easy and that gets us into trouble. But we've not been promised it to be easy ever. It's difficult. You see, when, when you expect trials, it's not shocking when you have to work with that coworker who is not easy to work with at all right when you expect trials it doesn't complicate your your trust in god when something a, cer- a circumstance or a situation occurs that you wish would never have occurred it's not troubling to your trust in god when you're giving a diagnosis that is not what you ever wanted to hear in your life when you expect trials and you expect things to go in a different way, it doesn't shake your trust in God. And this is what these guys experienced. They expected trials. They expected it to be difficult. They expected opposition. They expected people to be against them. They expected a battle because they knew that's what was coming. But that wasn't it alone. This is what they say next. And if the Lord is pleased with us, If the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. And I find it very interesting exactly how they they say this about it, because who who is going to bring them into this land? It's not just them alone. We're not going to go and we're like, hey, we can beat this. Guys, I've got a plan. If you just follow these eight-step plan in your life, it will be perfect. Um, It's not that there's a perfect plan that if I just figure out the right steps, then I can make it. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying instead is that God's gonna take care of it. He will bring us. He'll take care of it. I don't know how it's gonna work out. I'm not certain, but I know that he'll take care of it. So I don't have to worry about it. He's gonna be the one who provides exactly what it is that we need. And this is why I think they could do this. It wasn't their fears that were bigger. It was their faith. It wasn't their fears that were controlling them. They didn't just see the obstacle. They didn't just see the, prob- the problem. They saw that God was bigger than their problem. And not just that they saw that God was bigger, because I think a lot of us know that God is bigger than our problems. And sometimes we have a hard time with this word faith. Faith. Um, When you talk with people, they have lots of different definitions about, about what faith is. So just faith is very simply, it's the confidence that what you believe is true. It's the confidence that what God said he's going to do, he will do. It's the confidence that I believe that God is bigger, so he's bigger. It's the confidence knowing that God will provide so I don't have to worry. So my actions will reflect that because I know. I know. I don't have to be afraid of this situation, this circumstance, this diagnosis. I don't have to be afraid of this because my God is so much bigger and greater than anything I could ever face. And these guys recognized their faith was so much greater. <laughs> Where those guys were stuck in their fear and how are we going to die. These guys, God will take care of it. Just trust him. It'll be all right. In fact, they warn them too. They say, do not rebel against the Lord. Do not rebel against the Lord. And don't be afraid of those people. Don't be afraid of those people of the land. They are helpless. (laughs) Pray to us. This is a completely different attitude, isn't it? Like compared to we're gonna die. In fact, there's one point that they say that we look like grasshoppers to them and and they're gonna crush us just like we're grasshoppers or something. Where they're like, you're afraid of those people? They're helpless prey to us. We will easily take care of them. And as we saw in the last thing, it's not because they had a great plan. It's because they trusted God to provide the plan. It wasn't because their plan was so good and they knew how they could make it work. It's just they knew Look, my God's so much bigger. My God's so much greater. He's going to take care of this. So we don't have to worry about it. We can go into this land. Don't rebel against God. It's okay. Because these people are helpless prey to us. In fact, they go so far as to say they have no protection. And here's why. Here's why. The Lord is with us. God is with us. What are you so afraid of? God God promises this land— He told us that this was going to be ours. He brought us here through crazy miracles that we've seen through the Red Sea. You actually speaking to us directly, hearing that through all the things that we went through in the desert and you providing food and everything that we needed as we made this journey for all of these people. You provided more than enough. He's with us. He's been with us. Don't be afraid of those people. If you fast forward in this story, the people of Israel wander around for 40 years. And one of those two guys who were the spies in the land is entrusted to bring the people of Israel into the promised land. After those 40 years, Joshua is about to go in and God makes a promise to him. And he says to him, Joshua, this is what I want you to do. I want you to be strong and courageous. Because Why? Because Joshua, you're so awesome. You've done such a good job so far and I'm proud of you, Joshua. Keep being awesome. No, no, no. That, that wasn't what God said to him. Be strong and courageous. Not because you're a master strategist. Not because you got your life worked out. Not because you know how to respond to the right situation, everything that you do. No, be strong and courageous because I'm with you. I'm with you. You have nothing to fear because I'm with you. Rest in the confident assurance that I am am with you. And this is what made the difference for the nation of Israel. God was with them. These, these other people, they knew that God was with them and he was. In this story what's very interesting is could have the nation of Israel entered into the promised land when they first came there. It was possible. But they let their fears get bigger. They were shocked when it wasn't as easy as they expected it to be. And then they couldn't see the way because they wanted to figure out how they could do it by themselves. Here's the key. If you trust and obey God, he will go with you. If you trust and obey God, he will go with you. And isn't this really what we want? Isn't really what we want, not to have all the answers ourselves, but to know that no matter what circumstance or situation we face, God will provide? Isn't this what we want? Somebody who's bigger and greater than anything that we could ever face? Isn't that really what we're looking for? Now, I know sometimes— People would say, well, okay, that, but that's, that's a story. That was for the Israelites. That's what God promised to them. What about for me, right? Okay, so let's look at a couple places in the New Testament where, where this pulls up. Um, and other places in scripture that apply to everyone. So this is Jesus talking, recorded by John. And this is what he says, Today I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, what can you expect? You will have many trials. Is it going to be easy? Is it just something, hey, sit back and relax. Don't worry about it. No, it's, you're going to have trials. Now, what's interesting to me about what Jesus says here um, is he actually says it's going to be easy, but it's going to be easy with trials. It's kind of weird. They're expecting trials. You're going to have many trials. Things on this, you're going to have trials, not only trials, but sorrows too. You're going to be sad. You're going to have things that are difficult, that are hard, that are not fun. You're going to have to endure some things, but this is why it's easy because we can take heart. So no matter what trial, no matter what circumstance, no matter what thing that we face, we we know that our hope is not here on this earth. But take heart because I have overcome the world. I am greater than the world. You see, our hope isn't just in this life here. And in this life here, there will be heart, there will be things that are difficult, there will be circumstances that are uh, that are beyond our control, there will be things that we wish would never happen to anyone, that happened to some of us or happened to people around us, but our hope is not found here. In this world, we will have trials, but take heart because I am greater than this world. And we have a promise of a hope, of a future, of a life that is beyond what we see here on earth, a hope in heaven that we will get to spend eternity with him where there is no more tears, there is no more sorrow, there is no more sickness, there is no more death. And we are made to spend eternity there. So take heart, no matter what trial or sorrow or circumstance or situation you are facing now because there is a hope of something that is greater to come. And you were made for that hope that is beyond this world. That's not all, but the Lord is with you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in him. Put your hope, your faith in him. Do do not depend on your own understanding. Look, you're not gonna figure it all out on your own anyways. In in fact, um, one of the things I see about the millennial generation, so young people, if you'll pay attention just for a moment, one of the things that, that, that I see right now one of the biggest struggles that you have is how do you make good choices? There are so many options and people are telling you from the time that you're a fetus that you need to have the rest of your life planned out, okay? And it's very difficult because you don't know if you're gonna make the right choice. And you don't know if I make this choice then I eliminate all these options and what happens if I get down this road. And here's the thing, you don't have to worry about it. Let it go. That's not how we make choices and that's not how decisions, that's not how success is defined in the kingdom of God. It may be here on earth that you have to drive the fastest, have the best, have the hottest, have, have whatever it is. You think you need all that stuff, but let me tell you here, in the kingdom of God, that's not how it works. Success is defined simply like this. Did you trust and obey God today? That's it. Did you trust and obey God today? When you have to make a decision, you don't have to make the right decision. You have to ask, God, is this what you want me to do? God, which, which decision do you want me to go down? And, and if you don't know, you make the best choice you can. But God, I want to submit to you. I want to make the right choice. Will you guide me? Will you help me make a decision the way that I want to? It's not based on your ability to do everything perfect. It's on your trust in the one who knows more than you do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do. And he'll show you which path to go down. He'll direct you. But it's not just you alone, and this is the key. It's not just you. Humble yourself. You can't be the greatest. Your hope can't be in your plans, your ability to do everything right. Humble yourselves under God's mighty power. Because when you humble yourself and it's not about you, what happens is you allow God to step in. But when you got it, God lets you take over. So humble yourself under God's mighty power. And at the right time, He will lift you up. Give all your cares and your worries to God. There's nothing to be afraid of that he can't handle for he cares for you. He's going to provide everything you need. Jesus replies, all who love me will do what I say. All who love me will do what I say and my Father will love them and we will come and we will be with them. If you trust me and you obey me, you do what I say, I'll make my home with you. And I will be with you wherever you go. But anyone who doesn't love me won't obey me. So the question for you today is very simple. Will you trust and obey him? You see, the nation of Israel had two choices. There were some who wanted it to be easy. They wanted to just take their time. They wanted, you know, to relax. Their fears got so big that they didn't know if they could do anything. However, They missed out on the promised land. And in fact, they got exactly what their fears determined they would get. But there was a different group. And you get the choice which Israelite you want to be like. Will you choose to trust and obey him in all that you do? So Father, this morning, will you help us to do just that? Will you help us, despite any trials or circumstance or situation that comes into our life? Will you help us to recognize that you are greater, you are bigger, that we can trust you, that you will provide everything that we need? God, will you help us to put our hope and our trust in you? And will you help us to do what you want, to simply obey you? And when we don't know which way to go, that we'll trust you. We'll obey you in every situation and circumstance in our life. And Father, when you do that, we remind us that you're with us every step of the way. Maybe you're here today and you've never chosen to say that, I wanna walk with God in my life. And this morning you'd say, Pastor Nate, I wanna put my hope and my trust in Jesus. I wanna put my hope and my trust in him. It's very simple. Say, God, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and you rose again just as you predicted. So today I put my, I believe that you did that. So I put my trust and my hope in you for the rest of my life. Will you help me to obey you? So if you've done that this morning, I'm excited about that. But for all of us, isn't that what we want? God, will you help us to do just that? To trust you and obey you so that you will be with us every step of the way. We love you, Father, in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 8, 15, and ten forty five a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.